Our text today is going to be over in the book of Romans. We're going to the 10th chapter of the book of Romans. I've been on this before in a different manner, in a different uh, way. And today we're going to look at something I pray that we understand and we can get what we need. I want to read verse number 25 of the 10th chapter. We're going to go back to the first part of that chapter a little later in our lesson. But I want us to see these things here. Back in earlier days, when I first started preaching, chapter 10, 21 verses. 11, excuse me. Chapter 11, verse 25, excuse me. I just had it in my mind, didn't look. We thought you were going to add to the words. There, that's what we thought. Yeah. <laughs> going to give you new verses? All right. 11.25. We're going to read. I'm going to read that, and then I'm going to start off what I'm saying. Romans 11.25. Yes, we ought to pray and start over. But let's go to verse 25. It said, For I would not, brethren, this is Paul, that you should be ignorant of this What's that word right there? Mystery. mystery. Do anybody know how many mysteries are in the Bible? Lots. A lot. You know, if we don't get our mysteries straightened out, we'll not get the rest of it either. And you say, well, they're mysteries. Well, mysteries can be explained. And if you'll notice, the New Testament explains them. He said, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery lest ye should be wise in your own conceits. You know, you make you think he's pretty smart. And then he goes on to say that blindness in part is happened to Israel. That's a big that's a big sentence right there, and that's a big key. They're not totally blind. They just blind in part. Well, let's try to explain some of that later. He said, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And it's not going to change till we're out of here. Now remember that. I keep harping and keep telling you that the church is going to get called out. Then God reverts back to the Jew. And all these people are still trying to say that they don't believe in pre-tribulation. Here's another verse that backs that. If you want to read it just like it's supposed to be read. I mean, the Jews are going to have blindness till we're out of here. God ain't going to open their eyes anymore. And uh, they're going back to Israel, but they don't know why they're going back to Israel. Some in America and some in other countries, I read somewhere the other day that some in, in Russia right now are refusing to come out of Russia and go back to Israel. And the reason is because they're blind and they're making money. And a Jew can make money. They know how to do it. And why? God put it in them. He's a, they're an earthly people with an earthly promise. Remember that. You ever lose that sight, you're going to get in trouble. So what happens, they are an earthly people with an earthly promise, and God has blessed them financially. He's blessed them physically. No nation's ever been blessed as great as the nation Israel. Now I'll show you in just a little bit uh, more about that in, in a sense. Israel is the only nation on the earth that's walked on the graves of every country. Now just hold that in your mind and I'll explain that in just a little bit. But she's still walking on them too. 
and you have to respect Israel. And I'm watching Israel in a fact, but but the Bible talks about that, the fullness of the of the Gentiles. Now, before I was into this thing too much in preaching, I used to go back and try to read after C.H. Spurgeon on what he believed about the second coming. Spurgeon believes in a, in a premillennial return of the Lord, but he never preached much of it. Here and there, he mentioned portions of it. Then Moody came along. Y'all remember D.L. Moody, one of the great men of God. And I read books after books after Moody. We print some of his literature here. And Moody believed in a pre-trib rapture, rapture, but he didn't preach it much either. You take in the 1800s, not many preachers before that, they'd talk about the second coming, like Paul did, basically. That the Lord's coming, the Lord's coming. They didn't talk about a rapture. You know, that, that wasn't relevant in their time. And then at the turn of the century from 1800 to 1900, God start raising up some preachers uh, to do, do the work. I remember 1917, a man by the name of Clarence Larkin come out and he, he had Revelation, Daniel, uh, dispensational truth, and those are things that needed to be done at the turn of the century. See how God has took care of us? Daniel's been told to seal up the book to the latter times. Well, the times has been in the latter times. Paul said it's in his day. But uh, So then Clarence Larkin come through, and I just jotted down some of them. I used to listen to Charles E. Fuller. Anybody ever heard of Charles E. Fuller? In the 50s, he believed in, I've listened to some of his uh, prophetic sermons. Uh, he got in M.R. Dehan. Where you ever heard of M.R. Dehan? But he was a tremendous fundamentalist that preached the second coming of the Lord. How, how uh, is it spelled? Uh, M-R, just oh, M-R, okay. I say M dot, R dot. Yeah. Stands for M-R, I don't want that. And his license is, is D, D-E, okay. H-A-N-N, -E I believe is the way you spell it, Dion. And then there was uh, people like Oliver Green. Oliver Green preached uh, prophecy. Uh Harold Seitler come along and preached prophecy. Since 1950, it's been multiplying and multiplying. And now, at the turn of this century, when it come over to 2000, most every preacher that I know of is touching prophecy to some degree. Many of them are not right. The devil has to get into play too. He puts in the mix so that everybody can be confused because he's authored of confusion and deception. So what he's doing now, and we're seeing today that he's trying to confuse people and get us to not know, but we're having preacher after preacher after preacher that is looking. They're looking for something prophetic. And they're watching the times. Nobody's ever watched the times and the things like because things ain't been changed. Everywhere I go, they say to me, boy, it's changing fast, ain't it? Changing fast. I mean, it is. People that don't even go to church is noticing things are changing fast. And it's going to get worse worse and worse. And that just lets us know that we're on target for everything. So we go back a little bit and, and see some of this. We'll see it. Uh, we're at the times. So in the Word of God, there's a mystery. And then there's what they call mysteries. And we'll look at them for a little bit.
the word mysteries, if you want to write this down, and I'm, I'm going to give you these things to go home and study. Read these verses that I'm going to give you and see what you can and read before and after that to kind of get to setting. I'm not going to have time to do all this today. I know I'm not. So I'm going to give you the best. I'm going to pick out two of them and we're going to stay with them for a little bit and get a clearer lead, or learning of what these mysteries are. But the word mysteries has got an S on the end of it. Uh, they're mentioned five in five verses of the Bible. I'm going to give you them five verses. One of them, first one, is the king, the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. The mystery of the kingdom of heaven. I'll give you time to write that down. And uh, there's a difference. Some preachers will say there's no difference in these two. I do declare that there's a difference. Why would one say one thing and one another? And uh, matter of fact, I find it, uh, you know, very ironic just to kind of push it to the side. I mean, ironic that some people don't even look at it either. Mysteries of the kingdom of heaven is found in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 11. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. You're going to see why in just a minute I mentioned that one. Uh, of course, one is one, uh, one of the five. What? Matthew 13, 11. That's fine. I'm slow every day, so I'm used to it. Number two is the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So it's like the other, except it's just one change. One's the kingdom of heaven, one's the kingdom of God. That verse is found in Luke 8.10. We may go look at these in just a minute. The third, where the word mysteries is mentioned, and I call it the mysteries of God. God's a mystery. Amen. Not to me today, but to multiply millions He is. Mysteries of God found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1 of all the things and I'm excited about getting raptured out taken out and called to heaven getting what God's going to get for me when I get to the other side but at the same time God has put something else in me that I didn't have so much I should have had but didn't have and that is a concern for people that are not going concern for people that are lost God has given me a bigger burden for lost people in the last year and a half, two years. And that's growing. And I pray that that continue to grow. And I hope that you can say it has been that way with you. You probably have more desire to see people saved because you realize that we're time's running out on us now. Amen. This is something I didn't pay much attention to, even though I preached this for years. Uh, we look at it and see it every day, and we don't pay attention to it and get our priorities right. And what's happened, I've been preaching and trying to win souls, but not trying to really win souls. Trying to present the gospel, but not trying my best. Now, I see people doing things, terrible things, and instead of being controversial with them or con condemning them, I'm saying if it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd be there. I wish I'd had that concern more a few years ago. I've had it but not like it ought to be. I guess y'all, I hope you can say the same thing with me. I hope you can say that 
you feel more concerned for it now than you did. Uh, or if you can say, Preacher, I've always been that way. Just don't look down on me. I'm just now waking up, okay? But uh, we need to be winning souls. And, you know, especially if you've got family members that's not right with God, now's the time to be, now's the time. And you can do more with them praying for them than you can getting on their case. God can help you. All right? Now, the, the fourth one is what I call the, uh, how to understand mysteries or understanding mysteries, if you want to put it down that way. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 2. I hope we can come back and look at these in just a little while. We may not, but I'm trying to say what I can to get your appetite whetted toward it so you get there. And then there's one more in the Bible that talks about speaketh or continuing to speak. Speaketh mysteries. And so sometimes we continue to do that. Now, let me tell you this. Jesus spoke in parables many times. He also spoke in mysteries. And when I look at that, when I see him speaking to the, in parables, I consider he's speaking to the Jew because he spoke on his earthly ministry in parables to the Jews. He was trying to convert the Jews. You get this now? This is this is a doctrinal thing. Sometimes you don't pay attention. And it's the little places in our Bible that we don't separate completely and rightly that we get mixed up. When he speaks in parable, he's mainly speaking to the Jews. He's speaking to anybody else who's listening too, by the way. But basically, he come to the Jews. He came to seek and to save that which is lost in in the whole. But he said salvation is of the Jews. He came to the house of Israel to, to redeem them. They rejected him. You and I are grafted in now because of that. They're in blindness. I'm hoping I'm going to put this together today for us to where you can understand it. But the world's got the wrong conception of the church and the wrong conception of the Jew. And you've got to put them in their right place and their right priority. Both are important. And both are loved, and they all have a specific job. But the church is not the Jewish nation. It's got Jew Jewish people in it. Like it's got barbarians that's been saved and all that in it. And uh, the, the church is, is not Jewish, totally. It's, it's for all. And, and the Jewish is not the Gentiles either. It was separated. God showed that in the Old Testament. So, what I'm trying to get laid out here in front of us to see this, that God give us mysteries. When he speaks of mysteries, and if you'll notice, we've come from, uh, started off uh, in mysteries in Matthew and Luke, and then we went to 1 Corinthians three times. That's Paul's writings. And the Lord used it twice. Mysteries. When he's speaking in mysteries, he's basically speaking, not always, he's speaking to Jew too. But he's basically speaking to the Gentiles or the church. You understand that? We're different. And God trying to... So parables, he's speaking of... What's a parable? It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. What's a mystery? We're going to talk about that in a minute. 
Stop and think about what a mystery is. All right? Do what? I did. I give you five. I'll give you the scriptures: Matthew thirteen eleven, Luke eight ten. The third one is one. First Corinthians four one. The fourth, I mean, the third one. The fourth one is First Corinthians thirteen two, and the fifth one was First Corinthians fourteen two. It was speaketh. Speaking mysteries or speaketh mysteries. Maybe I didn't give you the the, the rest of it. I probably got detoured. Run a rabbit and didn't get it. It's all right. I've got it all if you want it. I'm, I'm back up. I got reverse. Okay. So you you see that. Now. Anybody want to guess how many times, how many verses in the scripture that the word mystery is used? No. No. Less. No less. Mystery ain't very many times in there. Huh? Mystery ain't very many times in there. Mystery is mentioned 22 times. Well, 22 verses. It might have. Mystery yeah. more and more one time in a verse, but mentioned in 22 verses, and I'm going to give them to you. Mystery. mystery. No S on it. Yeah. Five times for mysteries. The Lord summed it up in the mysteries. But now He's going to give you mystery by mystery. And first of all, let me just give you this to put down your notes. Mystery, According to the dictionary, and ever and however you want to look it up, and you might find something that goes right along with it. Mystery is something that is difficult or almost impossible to understand. Don't mean it can't be, but it's difficult to understand, and maybe almost impossible to understand. Or on the other hand. It's something that is difficult or most almost impossible to explain. You may not be able to understand it, and it may be something that you can't even explain. If you don't know it, you can't explain it. So if you look it up, you look at mystery, it's something that's puzzling. Now you know why people don't know whole lot about the Bible is they can't figure the mysteries out. You get these mysteries I'm giving you today. If I give you the scriptures on them anyhow, if I give you the mysteries and you say they're they'll puzzle you. But if you don't understand the mysteries, you're going to be in the dark on your Bible. It can be on every area of your life. It can be in the doctrine part of the word, prophetic part of the word personal part of the word in other words you may not know how to apply that to your life because it's a mystery what God is saying well that's true yeah you're right and then it's it's a mystery something that's questionable when you read a mystery and you don't understand it now when I'm saying mystery I'm not talking about these mystery novels about some murder thing. God's got mysteries in His Bible. 
Now the Word of God's plain and open. And the word mystery is, is not mentioned in the Old Testament. No mysteries in the Old Testament. It's when the New Testament God explains some of the mysteries that is shown in the Old Testament. There's a lot of things you wouldn't know about what's going on, a lot of things you wouldn't know. In your Bible, did you not know how to explain and God didn't explain the mysteries that are questionable? And He does that. God clears up a lot of things. Yeah, but that's not in what we're going to talk about here. Yeah, they, uh, these mysteries, besides what I'm giving you, I'm just giving these as pointed out as he calls them mysteries. A mystery. Yeah. Well, it, it shouldn't have been a mystery. The birth of Christ should not have been a mystery. But it was. reason is because God said how it was going to be done, why it's going to be done in the Old Testament, and they should have just been looking for it. But uh, they're like you and me. Wasn't paying no attention. Just take it day at a time. That's what we're doing today in a day of grace. We're just building our time. Don't really realize that's what we're doing. Uh, I'm enjoying myself, but they couldn't understand. They couldn't understand. It was mysteries to them too. They don't understand it. Even like when he said, "Destroy this body in three days, I'll raise it up again." That was a mystery to them. It's so much a mystery that it didn't even... It caught them off guard when the next thing you know, you come to two ladies and said, He's rose. He's risen. He's not in the grave. And then the Lord said, I told you. It's going to happen. But you think they're any different than us? No. We think we're any different than them? Nope. All right. So uh, it's questionable. It's also secret. A lot of things in the Bible today is just plain secret to us, isn't it? You think God's trying to hold it back from us. But God wants us to know everything there is to know. He's given us a Bible to figure it out. But one of the problem is we've got so many people today that's trying to figure out things that don't know God. And that even happens from the pulpit to the pew, from the colleges to... You know, home people sitting in the home. So we need to know enough about the Bible. To and the only way you can know the Bible is to know the author of the Bible, which is the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And we're not looking for that. Most of the time we're trying to figure out what Dr. Bottle Stopper where thinks about it and what preacher over on the other side of town thinks about it. And Right. Yeah. Well, we got little. Yeah, we go. We was in a little bit on that before you got here, talking about that kids. They they've been raised and they don't have the influence of a Bible nowhere, and they've been raised that way, and that's why they hold that stuff. They'll fight you over it. You got little old kids right now that believe it. Man come from monkey. And yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of new version of the Bible, I had somebody text me and say uh, they found a church, and I won't call the name of the church. It's a local church here. Called the name of the church and said uh, the Bible they use is KJV, but it said also said uh, uh, no S O uh, 
no SOF. Let's see, it's had SOF under it. And uh, they want to know what was, what version is SOF. I said, I've never heard that. So I got on the internet trying to find out what SOF was, SOF. What, what version of the Bible is that? What is it? Couldn't find it. And then uh, they takes it back and told me the church. And I looked it up. And I, and I saw where and it's classified in the uh, Georgia Independent Baptist Church's King James. And so I found that and I went and looked. And sure enough, I seen what they seen. And it said SOF. And uh, I read into the in, in, in the introduction in there about the, what, and it says this church has no statement of faith, SOF statement of faith, and that that didn't have nothing to do with the version of the Bible, just so. no statement of faith. And then then I got to check and I said, well, maybe I hope somebody ain't changed mine. I put it in there. Here's a little thought. I'll since I'll throw this into you. You hear churches that tell you what they believe, what their belief is on the King James Bible. You got to watch churches with their statement of faith talking about the King. James. They'll say that we believe in the King James Bible. Well, that's fine. That's wonderful. I always like to hear churches do that. But if they want, if you want to know if they're really right with the King, there's a lot of people uh, believe in the King James Bible, but they preach out of something else. They. They listen to somebody else. With they, they study out of a different version. But if you want to find a preacher that's going to be strong, I'm saying this because when I kick a bucket, this is the kind of preacher you need to look for. You need to find a preacher that believes in the King James Bible and he believes that the King James Bible is the preserved Word of God. That's the key. If they don't believe it, it's a preserved Word of God. They believe anything. Ain't dance. Uh, all over the top of the Bible and not be right. But you see, I'm a, and I looked at ours, Bible Way Baptist Church, and a statement of faith. We believe in the King James Bible, and we believe that the King James Bible is the unadulterated, preserved Word of God. And use that out of Roman, uh, Psalms 12, 6, and 7. God has preserved. His Word. I carry not only the King James, but it's the preserved Word of God. I believe God has preserved this book above every other book. Now you'll run into preachers today that won't tell you. You say, do you believe in that the King James Bible is preserved? And I say, some of them will look at you like, what are you talking about? But every preacher ought to know he's preaching out of the preserved word of God. If he's not preaching out of the, if he's not preaching out of something he believes is preserved, then he could turn to something else. Many of them do. I'm just throwing this in. To what was that scripture you gave? Psalms, Psalms 12, 6 and 7. I'm going to read it. Praise God. The Spirit of God said to read it. I'm going to read it. It's in. I see it every every time I come into church up here. On the wall, on the left, as you come in, all them Bibles are laid up there. Psalms twelve six. The words of the Lord are pure words. Now you believe that, don't you? Now the words of the Lord 
Now, people get upset at me when I call these other Bibles perversions. The Bible said the words of the Lord. Them things ain't the words of the Lord. They're not all pure. As silver tried in the furnace of earth. See that? Purified seven times. When you come into the church up yonder and look upon the wall, you'll find seven different Bibles. And the last one was the King James, 1611. They had some before then. Geneva Bible. Huh? The Geneva Bible and all them that come up and had all them. So it says here, it says, uh, tried in a furnace of earth. They tried them. Purified seven times. God purified them and stayed with the King James. And it went for years and years and years and years until the devil in 1900, 18 something, early 1900s, come out with the ASV. And he's been, he's been perverting it. Guess when he's been perverting it? In the latter times. That's why everybody don't know what's going on. That's why we got so much spiritual ignorance. That's why people don't know their Bible. I wish I knowed mine enough to tell them more, but hey, I know they're wrong in some of them areas. Here I am brainwashing you. Verse 7. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt, what's that word right there? Preserve them from this generation. How long? Forever. That's why I hold the King James preserved word of God. You couldn't pay me enough money. You couldn't twist my back, my arm. Amen. You might warp my mind, but you ain't going to change what I believe. That's why that's why them men would go to the stake and and say, eighty and five years I've trusted God and God's gonna ain't gonna stay with me now and they and start the fire and they'd burn him to, to death. And some would go out burned while it's burning, hollering glory to God and praise God, willing to die. I wonder how many do that in these days. They believed in this book. I believe in it too. Praise God. I love it. Good book. Good book. Don't know anything any better. I'm going to try to hunt anything. That's right. Now remember, you've got a preserved Word of God in your hands when you're carrying a King James Bible. Amen. Amen. How many minutes I had? All right. So let's go look at something else. We found what a mystery is. I'm going to give you these mysteries. It's going to take us a little time to write them down, but you need to do it because I'm going to come back to a couple of them. And we're going to deal with them, and I want to deal with especially the one on Israel. That's a mystery. And the reason I am is because we're in that day. Israel's catching a lot of trouble right now. Uh, they're trying to get around and enclose Israel. Ships are going, coming in there. Russia made a uh, demand this week that she not no longer fire on on Syria. She's been firing on them, and Russia has been allowing it. But Russia says no, and they're bringing in drones and different things over there. They're surrounding Israel. Now, yo, you didn't hear that on CNN, and you won't. They're keeping that quiet. I got a 
when I get out of here, I'm going to listen to him this afternoon on, uh, what is it, Stackleback or Stacelback? What, what's his name? I can't remember his name, and I hear it all the time. Uh, he's a, he's a, he, he works here in America, but he's, he, he's always got something going about Israel. The Watchman. The Watchman newscast. I watch him. He just gives a little video excerpt, but he'll tell you what's going on. And I like him. And that's how I keep up with him. There's other places keeps up with him too. But I watch every little thing about Israel. They don't tell you everything about here in America. America's getting a place where they don't care about Israel. But, uh, you know, so Syria and Iran, all those areas in there are against Israel. You see, I've said, and I've said this before uh, till now, I've said that things have not shaped up for uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39 because that's when they're going to Israel. They're fighting Ukraine, but I believe it's fixing to happen. Some point in time they're coming down. You remember I read in one of our lessons here one day that they signed a treaty that Russia could come down through some of the lands to get to Israel. She's doing it. And they said they can do that. And uh, they're doing it. And that's already in, in the making. So Israel can bring, I mean, Russia can bring all her equipment down there just like they have to Ukraine. And just because Ukraine's whooping, uh, you know, them to death, seem like. It won't work like that when it gets to uh, Israel. Amen. I think what that's done is build up the confidence. It build up the confidence in the world that they're going to whoop Russia. Did they go through Ukraine to get to Israel? Nope. They'll come around the other way and come down through Iran and Iraq and Syria. They're already at Syria. You know where Syria's at? It's just right above Israel. Just joining to it there. Uh, Damascus. Damascus hasn't fallen. It's going to be a ruinous heap. Israel's already fired on, you remember what, two or three weeks ago, their airport and disabled the airport for a while because they've been bringing in uh, Iran's been bringing in stuff. They want to be down there, Damascus and them areas and the Golan Heights. I went to Israel. This makes a whole lot of sense to me. When I was in the 1970s, I went to the Holy Land and they took us up to Golan Heights. That's the upper region of Israel. And they'd done had that six day war. This is like 1970, 71, 72. And they still had old tanks sitting out in the fields that had been blown up, burned up, and there they were, sitting in the, in the fields. They didn't even move them. You could see all the buildings bombshelled and shelled, and you could see all the places down on that part of town. They didn't change that. They just left it. And that's Golden Heights and all them. When they're coming into there, it's just over the hill. There's Israel. And they're wanting to get down there because their missiles they're firing in there is just come lopsided in there and just knocking out a little. But they want to make damage on Israel. They don't want to tire up Israel. They want to destroy Israel. Keep that in your mind. Uh, that's going to get to the place of the world. And I'm going to show. Well, if we don't get on, I ain't going to show you nothing. But I'm talking about you're seeing what what's happening in our day, right? And so let's talk about these mysteries. These are I'm giving you these so that you'll go home and read them and and understand them. And probably I'm going to start preaching one or two here and there and uh, try to 
I just got so much to preach, I just can't get there. What's the population I don't know, but they say, the, what is it, the size of Delaware? I think it is. Something like that, or New Jersey, not New Jersey, is it? Something more, I think it's Delaware. I might be wrong. But it's a, it's a little small town. It's just a little long cylindrical thing. You know, Jordan is on one side. Egypt's on one side. Uh, you got the Dead Sea down there. And uh, you heard of the Red Sea, hadn't you? Well, that's the sea that... Uh, Syria and them is bringing, or Iran's bringing them ships. They got four now down there patrolling them. They're, they're warships and they're trying to get down to the south side of Israel. See so if they can get down there and start firing missiles off. They're going to try to do that. They're going to go in, I'll guarantee that, but when they do try to do that, they'll try to. Now that I'm, I'm saying this, we're going to be gone, but well, I say we're going to be gone. I, I can't 100% guarantee that, okay? But I do believe we're going to be out of here uh, before that war is declared. And the reason is because God's going to be stopping that war. And uh, that's why it's got to be. Because the reason I'm saying it is because the Antichrist is going to make a covenant that there's going to be peace. And it's going to be peace in Israel, not only just Israel, but the world. And it... They can't... Well, well you could go in now to say... Israel, we're going to have peace. And they've had turmoil for so long, they'd probably accept that. But I believe there's going to be some fighting. I did notice this week in the news that some of the leaders in Ukraine is saying, it's time for some leader of the world to step up to the plate and stop this. I've never heard that in my life. Have you? They're looking for a leader. The world's beginning to look at that. I just sat there and said, praise God, keep a looking. He'll show up in a few days. And I'm going to leave. Amen. Understand, this is exciting to me to get reading the Word of God. Now let's let's look at this. Give me, first of all, I'm going to give you, I don't know hardly how to, uh, just put these scriptures down so I know I'll give you the right reference and then we'll put behind it what it is. Mark 4.11 That's the mystery of the kingdom of God. We talked about it a while ago. When you get that kind of, let me know you're there. I'll repeat if I need to. All right. The second one's Romans eleven twenty-five that we read a while ago. What I called it, chapter ten. And that's called the mystery of Israel. It also could be labeled the mystery of the church. They're kind of together there. Mystery of Israel or the church. Number three, I don't have to... You're not going to get this down if I don't take the time to do it, so I will just go on. Mystery, let's see, Romans 16, 25 is number three. You notice these are happening on over. Uh, I only seen one in the Gospels. 
rest of them are in regular books. 16, Romans 16.25 is the mystery of the preaching of Jesus Christ. Preaching's a mystery. The world don't understand what preaching is and why men want to preach. But God said, foolish is a God, you know. That's what they call it. But God says, it's for salvation. This, the next one, number four, is 1 Corinthians 2, 7. If I get too fast, holler at me. And it's called the mystery of the wisdom of God. God's wisdom is a mystery. And none of us in this building can understand it to the fullest, but we need to learn all we can about it. Number five is 1 Corinthians 15, 51. And if you've been studying your scriptures much, you know that's the mystery of the rapture. 51. Have you wondered why so many people the rapture is a mysterious thing? It's a mystery. God has kept it quiet. It's, it's not a secret thing. It's not that God don't want us to know. He reveals the secret things of God. But you have to be so far in the Word of God to understand some of that. Amen. You can't take a baby and feed them T-bone steak and they come home to the hospital. Nor six months later either. Or maybe a year later either. Or somewhere down the road they'll eat a whole cow. <laughs> All right. Ephesians 1 9. That's the mystery of His will. How many of you know what the will of God is to a full thing? You can explain the will of God to, uh, I mean, no limit. Most of us don't understand too much of it. We need to know the will of God. Ephesians 1, 9. When I look at these things and run all these references on these things and read them, I say to myself, how come you don't know all that yourself? And I look at that and I say, I'm going to have to learn this and preach this. Why don't preachers preach all this stuff? We've got a big book. I don't know why we pre don't preach this stuff. I think preachers are too tied up with... That's why you could read... Huh? Some of them don't understand it. Well, why don't they understand it? If God called them into the ministry, they got the same writer and author and they ought to be able to understand it either one or two things they hadn't been called they're not they're not dedicated to it and God can't use them or are they not studying it they're not studying it you think God wants all this I'm giving you right now preached I believe he wants it preached alright Ephesians 3 3 I start preaching all this stuff, you'll get tired of the mysteries for long. That's why I have to just put in one pot of beans and then wait three weeks and give you another pot of beans with a different one. <laughs> all right. Did I give you Ephesians 3 3? That's the mystery of the dispensation. 
of the grace of God. That's a long one, but that's how it's written. Now, when you get to that and you understand that God now is for the dispensation. Have you ever heard people say, I don't believe in the dispensations? I just told that the other day from a fellow over here. He didn't know a bunch more stuff either. How did you say that dispensation? Mystery of the dispensation of the grace of God. See, the dispensation of the grace of God is a mystery. If they could understand that, they'd quit losing their salvation, getting saved again, and losing it again, saved again. They can't know how, but that's what they're practicing. Because when you find out that we're in the dispensation of the grace of God, God saves by His grace, and we're kept by His power. Colossians 4, 3, and Ephesians 3, 4. I put these two are the, carry the same thing. Got two of this one. Ephesians 3, 4, Colossians 4, 3. I didn't want to put them down twice. And this is called the mystery of Christ. Do you know everything about Christ? And Ephesians 3, 4, Colossians 4, 3. Isn't that strange? Caught it when I wrote it down. You get home and these ain't exactly right and ain't got the word mystery in it. You can hit me on the head. I just give you the wrong verse somewhere. It's there. And you, if you'll mention it, I'll find it for you. The next one's Ephesians three nine. If you notice, most of these are in the book of Ephesians, and it's called the mystery of the church. That's why I've been trying to preach a little bit on that. For the last several years I've been preaching on the entities, the Jew, the Gentile, and the church. I'm gonna to have to I'm gonna to have to stop here. <laughs>